not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. Hello, and welcome to the place where the revolution will not be televised. But it may be podcast. I'm John. And I'm Kate. This is the People's Podcast. And this week, we'll be talking about episode 7 of season 5 of The Walking Dead, entitled Crossed. As usual, we'll talk about the episode from beginning to end, going off on whatever tangents take our fancy, and then we'll talk about any especially interesting aspects of the episode afterwards. So? Okay. At the start of this episode, Daryl and Noah have made it back to the church. Everyone's back on the same timeline. Yeah. And the group that was left at the church is fortifying it up. Yes. And they're busting apart pews, and they're pulling out organ pipes, and uh, they are really nailing that place down. Mm-hmm. Gabriel's very upset by this. And but we don't care. We don't care. Sasha is taking out some real anger on a pew mm. as she busts it up. Mm. And uh, Rick is wording up Michonne, who he is going to leave behind... With Carl and Judith. And, and I guess Gabriel. and I guess Gabriel, although yeah. There's gonna be an awful lot of oh and Gabriel. Put it put it this way, if if Michonne had if Michonne had to choose, you know, only two of the three to protect, we know which one she would sacrifice. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Father useless. Yeah. Hamstring him, leave him for the walkers while you all make good your escape. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the group that gets left behind when Rick and Co leave. And uh, once Michonne and Carl are nailing the church door closed behind the leaving group, Gabriel really starts to freak out. And he goes over to the blood stain on the floor and mm. starts I mean, scratching at it with his nails mm. and trying to scrub it clean with his shirt sleeve and some spit. And mm. he's really starting to lose it a bit. Yes. Yes, he is. Looks sort of pathological. Yes. Level of sympathy? Nil. Nil. Yeah, right there with you. In the truck on the way to Atlanta, Tyrese is trying to reach out to Sasha, saying, I've been through the same thing you're going through. Maybe you need to talk to someone. Maybe you're way too angry at that pew back at the church. (laughs) You busted it up so much we couldn't even use it to barricade. (laughs) Mm. Uh, But he's not successful. She's stonewalling him. Beth is looking in on Carol at the hospital. And in particular, when the doctor comes in to attend Carol, mm. uh, Beth is looking very suspicious at him. Like, if she goes downhill, I'm looking at you, buddy. Yes. If Carol dies, you die. Yeah. I really, I would thought that Beth might have even said something like, she's not a doctor, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he looks pretty chagrined. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. He... he... I think he's still feeling embarrassed about the fact that she figured him out. Mm. How, how do you act around someone who's totally worked out your game? That's true. That's true. Although, I mean, how many doctors have they brought in? That might be the first time he's ever pulled shit like that. It might be, but it's it's revealed who he is. Absolutely. Under pressure, mm. he's craven. Mm. Yeah. Just to round up completely on, on catching up on all the characters in one time zone, <laughs> we pop over to, well, what, formerly Team Washington. Formerly Team Washington. Mm. And 
Glenn and Maggie appear to have effectively taken over. Yes. Which is not surprising. No, not at all. No. And good choice, team. Oh, yes. Uh, Abraham seems to basically be in a catatonic state still. Mm. I mean, not actually, but he's shut down. Mm. And Rosita's trying to get through to him, nothing doing. Uh, But Maggie's not giving Abraham an inch with his anger management issues. No. No. Nope, she made it perfectly clear she would blow his brain away if if he even looked threatening. And the only reason I thought to not do that is, do you really want to set off a gun that close to... All those walkers. All those walkers. Yes. But, yeah, otherwise, good call, Maggie, good call. Mm. The group from the church in the truck have reached Atlanta and they're plotting in a warehouse... How many abandoned warehouses are there in Atlanta? Well, all of them now. I suppose, but that doesn't mean they're empty of goodies. <laughs> no, I suppose not, but but you'd, suspect, you'd suspect there'd be a few. Okay. I mean, if this was Detroit, sure, but... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Rick has not, not overly elaborate... Well, quite elaborate. Rick has quite an elaborate infiltration plan. Yes. And he's taking them through it, and everyone's going to do carry out particular rooms. Um, and Tyrese puts up an alternative, which is to basically try and steal some... Not steal. Try to capture some cops, mm. and then do a hostage exchange. Mm. And, I mean, effectively, Tyrese and Daryl kind of outvote Rick. Yeah. Which, I mean, what, what did you think about the dynamics in that scene? Well, I think it was more evidence that... that Rick has reached a kind of equilibrium between being the leader and um, not being a full-on Rick-tator. I really... Um, yeah, I wasn't sure what I thought of the dynamics. I think that's definitely a totally valid interpretation. But there was also a... Well, I don't think it's impossible to read the scene as Rick actually getting undermined... Like knowing yeah. that he couldn't, he couldn't take the group with him on his plan. Yeah, but Daryl wouldn't have any interest in undermining Rick. As Not leader. deliberately, but I also don't think I don't think for a second that Daryl would continue to follow Rick if he didn't essentially support Rick's decisions. He would just go. Well, yes, yes, but that doesn't mean that Daryl has to agree with absolutely everything Rick suggests. No. No. You know, not not supporting a particular suggestion is not the same as not supporting his leadership. Oh, I agree. I agree. But, yeah, it's... Two days ago, they were all lining up outside the church saying, whatever Rick picks is what we're doing. And well, yeah, but that's... In terms of the scale of the decision, mm-hmm. that was a much more important uh, decision than... I guess, in this situation, you know, the tactic that they choose is important, but it's it's not a make-or-break-the-group kind of decision. The decision that they were all lining up behind him about two days ago was whether or not they're staying at the church. Mm. Yeah, but that was about changing the whole that focus was... of what the group is doing. Like, do we just continue... Yeah, I suppose... You know, yeah. Do we just continue living day-to-day, or do we have a purpose in this world? That's slightly bigger than... Which tactic do we choose in trying to rescue the people we all want to rescue? I feel like the decisions in this in this episode was far more 
important and personally important for everyone. I still think it's I that I could not see that as undermining Rick because I don't think that it was I don't think that the tone the undercurrent wasn't really there I mean Tyrese is not he's never expressed an opinion that you know I don't think Rick is the right person to lead the group and Daryl certainly hasn't oh I don't think I don't think they were like staging a coup I just mean that Rick had a very definite plan he even backed it up with saying no that plan is not as good as my plan and then he essentially got outvoted yeah, well, that's the reality of what, that's what you do when you don't want to be a dictatorial leader. Hmm, I guess so. I don't know, I thought it was interesting. Like I say, I don't think they were staging a coup or anything. They were they're the worst people at cooing ever. Well, that's right. I think we both agree they weren't trying to stage a coup. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, what, was, what would Rick's alternative have been? Insisting that they do his plan. Yeah. But uh, the cost of doing that... I don't think he should do that either. The cost of doing that is probably not worth the... I think Rick made the right choice. I think Rick made the... But I I don't think that it's because he is an open-minded leader and heard a plan he thought was better than his. I think that that he realised he was going to have to go with that plan if he wanted everyone to be involved. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. That's a very... That's a much less powerful way to have dealt with the situation. Is it? Yes. It means you're not calling the shots. It means you're in negotiation with the people following you. Yeah, well, I feel like, again, I feel like that's key if you don't want to be a dictator. Like, maybe Rick yeah. just doesn't want to be the kind of person who calls the shots all the time. Yeah. Regardless of what the people around him think. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we also saw him wanting to go back into Terminus, and they got outvoted there as well. I... I... Mm. I don't think he was entirely wrong with wanting to go back into Terminus and kill people. Well, I don't think... if, if they'd done the that... The sentiment wasn't wrong, but they were unlikely that, to find anyone. If they'd done that, Bob's still alive. No, you don't know that. They would, How do you know that the people in Terminus hadn't already fled by that point? Mm. Well, you, you could follow them. You could chase them. You could... Chase them how? If they've already gone... You track them. Well they were in no position well established, to... well established that Daryl is a good tracker yeah but I don't think they were in any position to track anyone like they just why not well they just escaped from the place from being in captivity for like four hours yeah I still feel they're not like exactly it. starved and in a bad way no they just had a nice long sit down in the shade at <laughs> I still think it would have been a harrowing enough experience that I would have wanted to you know, gather myself in a not locked up environment and figure out what we were going to do next. Mm, I don't know. I I think one of the the interesting parts of Rick's position is having having to know when he actually should stick to his plan. Yeah, but no one's ever going to get that right all the time. No, I don't think they will. But you've got he need there's a quantum. He needs to get it right a certain percentage of the time, or this group's either going to be dead or they're going to leave. I think there's a fairly good chance that that he was right not to go back. Is in he was right to let the others decide and make that decision for him in that circumstance because there's no guarantee that they like you can't say if they'd gone back they definitely would have averted what happened next. Maybe not. They could have lost people. You know, the place was on fire. There was lots of walkers around. Maybe. 
Maybe. Like, it's not an insignificant risk to go back in. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that I don't think we can say for certain that that uh, Rick should have enforced his will there. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. And, and what did you think? What did you think of the two plans: infiltration versus the hostage swap? Well, seeing I've got no experience at either of those things, <laughs> or in law enforcement, or in anything that involves, you're not going to speculate on this at all. Well. Okay, to be honest, I thought the infiltration plan was better than so the hostage I. swap. I absolutely because think I think that I think that when you involve other people that you can't rely on to do to to be absolutely predictable, and you know the only people you can predict are the people that you trust and mm. and know well, then you get what happened later on. Mm. You know, <laughs> I think the infiltration would have been better. To be fair, I'm not sure that we can judge the hostage swap plan. Based on the fact that Sasha made a really fucking stupid decision. Well, yeah, but we can say, though, that if even if Sasha hadn't made a stupid decision, mm. the hostages would have tried something else. Mm. That's what I mean, is there is always going to be that unknown. Yeah, holding, the, holding them itself is... is Inherently dangerous. Absolutely, absolutely. But that's the thing I don't like about it. Whereas what infiltration I... is... They just need to control them. And, and what I didn't like about the hostage swap plan is that it, particularly with it having been put forward by Tyrese, <laughs> I feel like the main driving factor behind behind it yeah. was trying to avoid killing people. Yep. Okay. I got. Yep. I, I would. The, on, the only concern, the the primary ingredient in the plan, yeah. was how do we avoid killing people in this other group? Yeah, not how do we maximise the chances of getting Carol and Beth Or maximise our chances of survival mm. or max... Yeah, it was, wasn't at all about how to maximise the outcomes they needed. It's true. It was about how to not kill anyone in the other group. Which I suppose raises the question as to why Daryl went along with it. And off the top of my head, I reckon it was probably... Daryl thinking that that was the best way to ensure that harm didn't come to Bethel Carol. Yes, I thought about that too. I thought that might be his motivation for it. Yeah. And maybe he's still got some, you know, vestiges of Carol not wanting him to kill Noah. Mm. I guess we don't get to save people anymore, all that sort of mm. stuff. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, no, I thought... And I, thought I think he, he also just likes the, he likes the idea of not killing people in the other group. Yeah. That's all very well, but it's not necessarily the best plan for rescuing mm. their people and coming yeah. out with without any casualties. Mm. Absolutely. The next scene is back at the church, and Carl is trying to start Gabriel's training. <laughs> Coach Carl. Ah, oh, yes, Coach Carl. Um, How to survive in this crazy world. Yeah. And Michonne, when Carl's talking, Michonne sort of looks quite concerned. Hmm. I wondered if that was partly because she found it disturbing to hear Carl's point of view. I thought so. I thought it was particularly when Carl said, you can't stay in one place. Yeah. You've got to keep moving. I thought that was the point at which she looked particularly concerned. Mm. Um, and I think you're right. I think it was hearing hearing his perspective really disturbed her. Mm. The only other thing I could think was that maybe she was conscious that this was just going to freak Gabriel out. In which case, why not step in, Michonne? 
I don't think she was thinking that. Okay. I don't think she cares about Gabriel. Well, she cared enough to go knock on his door later. She's clearly conscious of the fact that he was not dealing with things well. I reckon that could have equally been because she was concerned not so much for Gabriel, but for Carl and Judith. You know, he could have been doing anything in there. Mm. And, and then indeed, why didn't he she was. Check? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know. I think, Maybe I think she, she caught, caught the stupid bug, I don't know. She's the only one we've seen talk to him about it's dealing true. with this world. And I think I think she does, she wants him to do okay, she wants him to do better than he's doing. Mm. Um, the problem I thought existed with Michonne when she was first introduced as a character was her absolute unwillingness to talk. Even in situations where she needed to communicate, even in situations where she needed mm. to say something, and it made sense for her to say something, she would yes. stay totally silent. Yes. And quite often stay totally silent just so that, that something could occur in the plot. Yes. And... That's I, bad writing, though. It is just bad writing. Oh, it's absolutely... Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I just hope we're not edging back into that a bit, because why not Why not jump in and try and actually help Gabriel out? Why not say to Gabriel, I need to help quick look around your room, if that's what you're really worried about. Mm. But anyway... Gabriel picks up the machete. He starts to freak out when Carl talks about how you hold it if you're going to, you know, get into one of the tougher skulls. Mm. Um, and uh, he freaks out and he leaves the room. Yeah. I don't have time for this bullshit. That's mm. every time. Every time Gabriel fails at surviving, I just think to myself, I don't have time for this crap. Yeah. If I was one of the group, I'd be. If I was Carl, I'd be thinking, I, I don't have time for. You, I don't have time for you to freak out yeah. when just holding a machete. Yeah. You know, like, no, you yeah. need to do better than this. I feel like maybe, I mean, Gabriel is a character from the book, from the comics, so maybe he's there because they feel like they need to include him. Maybe. But but outside of that context, it just feels like he's there because. Because I'm not being given enough credit as a what as a viewer to just remember how much they've improved. Mm. Like I feel like he's there for for false contrast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, none of them were that shit. None of them were that bad. Carol was pretty bad initially. Carol was pretty bad initially, but none of them were that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, if if he is there for contrast, then it, you know, like you said, it's a false contrast. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, they weren't that bad. Rick got to grips with this shit hours. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what I have to contrast it with? The rest of my life. You know, <laughs> I lived a very normal day today in which I didn't see anyone have to machete anyone. Mm. I don't need a pointless, infuriating character mm. to remind me what life is like before the zombies arrive. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, though. I mean, it's... Was it Michonne who says to him, you know, you're new to this... Or whatever. But the thing is, he's not entirely new to it. He's been alive for the past two years. He just just hasn't bloodied his hands and somehow, crazily, been able to go off and raid houses and bring back supplies without running into walkers. I mean... But he knows they're out there. He knows the world's fucked. He shouldn't be this far behind. Yeah. I guess, I mean, what, what he... What they might be intending, and I don't think they're really getting there, but what they might be intending is to try and show the opposite reaction to all of this. We've, we've yeah. got this group of survivors who 
have done so because they got stronger and stronger and stronger as yeah. all this occurred. Yeah. And he just, if any, I mean, he can't even have been this weak a character in life. If he was a leader of the community, if he mm. was someone who had a congregation that was bothering to turn up, he can't have been this sort of uncharismatic, meek individual. Mm. Well, two years on your own might change you. So, but so that's my point: is that this is this is someone who is experiencing the the opposite trajectory. Mm. Yeah. Well, but unfortunately, what I, that leads him to do isn't compelling enough to justify the screen time. Yeah, no, I was going to say, it's not really something I want to watch. Mm. I mean, it's it can be entertaining, and it can be compelling to watch someone fall, to watch someone fail, but this isn't it. No. This is irritating. Eugene's brand of hopelessness was more fun than this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, um, is it Tara? Mm. Who says later on... Well, she's the one who isn't angry at him. She's yeah. the one who says, can we blame him for using his only skill mm. to survive? And, you know, you can argue about you can argue about whether um, he could have used his only skill perhaps differently. Mm. I mean, knowing things is a useful thing as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he, he had one skill and he used it in the way he, th- he thought guaranteed his safety. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm just... Gabriel is becoming more and more irritating at mm. this point, and it's it's not entertaining, it's annoying. Yeah, and I mean, it is getting to the point, He's we're three episodes into seeing him, mm. but also, you know, two months of our lives into seeing him, mm. and he's starting to have only one song, mm. and he needs to start doing a different tune. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see where he's going. Yeah. Into the woods, my friend, into the woods. Well, yeah, but he must have somewhere in mind, because... <laughs> Put it that way, if, if he's literally just wandering off into the woods, then I think the show's Jump the Shark. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fucking nuts. Alright. Back at the hospital, Beth is listening in on discussions about Noah. Ah, uh, yes, while mopping the floor. While mopping the floor. Now, just right off the bat, if you're <laughs> Dawn, mm. do you let Beth listen in on your discussions about where Noah might be near the hospital? I suppose if you think you've got to lock down, but... You know she's a flight risk. Yeah. I did think that was a bit... Anyway. That was, think... that was, that was a minor part of the scene, really. Yeah. Um, Beth challenges the officer when he says... We can't we should, afford the resources. Yeah, we should be offing this woman who's come in, who we all know is Carol. And she's like, yeah, well, you charge your DVD player. Which I thought was a pretty solid argument. Well, yeah, it is. It's just that... This isn't this isn't a situation in which logical arguments are the means to do things. No. That, that is not how things get done here. So Dawn agrees that Carol will have her support shut down, mm. all the medical support. Mm. And then after the officer's left, she does two things. One is to tell Beth that she's the reason Carol's now not going to have any support. Mm. Which, I mean, I don't think she's lying about that, but it kind of doesn't include several important key parts of the context of the whole conversation. Mm. And then she also gives Beth the drug cabinet key. Mm. So I have a couple of questions. The first one is, how do you how do you feel about Dawn's handballing of the responsibility to Beth like that? I mean, is it is it Beth's fault? I suppose in a roundabout way you could argue that 
Beth was the cause of death of probably one of his mates. You know, the one that got... The one who tried to rape her and she pushed him into the zombie. Gorman. Mm. Yep. So, anything that she has to say would be viewed negatively by one of the officers who has a suite. Mm. Um, and that, you know, by extension, saying that <laughs> she wants X to happen will guarantee X doesn't happen. I suppose. You could, you could make that argument. But I think, uh, I think it's probably... I think it's probably a, a bit of a stretch to think that it wasn't no 10, like, i end up like that anyway. I think probably what the case was was that Carol was always going to be disconnected. And I think probably Dawn took advantage of the opportunity to make Beth think it was her fault. Mm. It could have been the case in other circumstances where that police officer hadn't already been so bent on disconnecting Carol mm-hmm. that uh, Beth's intervention might have caused it to happen. But it sounded to me like it was going to happen anyway. Mm. Um, I think one of the the least attractive elements to Dawn's regime and there's quite a list, but <laughs> one of the unattractive elements is as a leader she actually takes very little responsibility for her own decisions. Oh, yeah. Well, very little responsibility. Well, she even goes so far as to say they're not her decisions. She has no choice. Yeah. yeah. She could, that's one of her favourite things. I have no choice. I have to do it like this. Mm. Well, no, that's not actually true. No. Um, and, you know, like you said, she, she handballs responsibility to Beth by giving her the key. Mm. I mean, how easy would it be if she was caught to say she stole it? Well, so that was my next question. What what do you think Dawn is playing at giving Beth the key? I think she's playing both sides because if Beth succeeds, then she will have Beth will sort of owe her something, and if Beth doesn't succeed, she can claim that she Beth stole the key from her. Okay, that's what I think she was doing. Mm-hmm. And what if Beth says no? You gave it to me. She'll just say you're a liar. She can only pull that so often. If, you know, if everyone who's caught with the key says, mm. you know, Dawn gave it to me, well, we someone's going to start listening to that. We don't know that that's happened before. No, we don't. We don't. But it's one of the first things the Doctor suggests. When the Doctor finds that Beth has the key, mm. he really quickly says, did Dawn give it to you? Mm. As if it's something that happens from time to time. Oh, I don't necessarily think so. I think he just knows her. Mm. I think I reckon he just would expect her to be duplicitous. Maybe I. He jumped to it. He suggested it very quickly. Yeah. Well, that and just I means wonder that if he knows it's... Dawn well. I mean, he's. Yeah, I still a... think it means that maybe Dawn's pulled this shit before. Well, maybe it does, but. Why would she do that then? Well, that's the question, very much. Well, I think it only makes sense if it's believable that she could claim that Beth stole the key if mm-hmm. she was found. Maybe. Yes, I think I think that's true. I also wondered if... Is this us seeing a little bit of how she actually manages to keep this system happening? I mean, if she is actually, you know, given more than a couple of days good at playing both sides. Mm. 
if she's good enough at playing both sides mm. and being everyone's, maybe not friend, but occasional ally, mm. then maybe that's how she keeps this system going. Maybe it is. Because otherwise, I mean, the whole situation with the incredibly unhappy prisoners seems very untenable. Mm. Do we know how many cops there are? Because I feel like I feel like the first time we saw them, I got the impression there was only a, only a few. But I mean, we saw new ones yeah. in this episode. But we really only saw one or two in the last episode. Yeah, that's right. So, well, you think about they've got to be guarding all the stairwells. Mm. They talked about that. They presumably have some sort of lookout on the roof. They have mm. enough extra people on top of that to be. Um, Providing some internal security plus doing runs mm. to go collect things or capture people. Mm. I don't know. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be astonished to hear that there were twenty cops. Mm. But I do wonder if there's twenty cops, how many people altogether are in that hospital? Actually, we got a count in this episode. Did we? Yeah, it was going to be six on six on twelve or something like that when mm. they were planning when they were plotting with Noah. Mm. And Noah said, don't worry, the wards will come in and help us. And, you know, they weren't large numbers. It was mm. maybe 20 people in this hospital. Okay. The other element that we had introduced this episode was the idea that maybe not all of the cops are psychos. Yes. But in which maybe. case, why couldn't she deal with Gorman? Well, it wouldn't be the first time that a psychopath had held normal people, a large number of normal people, in their sway. And it's one of the things that psychopaths are very good at doing. Mm. We haven't. I don't think we haven't seen any of those groups' dynamics. It's very hard to to say why it was, you know, the way it was. Of course, the real answer is because that's the way the writers wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. Fair enough. We then cross back over to Glenn, Rosita, and Tara, and the rest of Team Washington. Who and and but those three are off to get water because the supplies are running low. Yep. And whatever they do next, they're going to need water. Maggie stays behind to watch Eugene. And Abraham. And Abraham. Um, and, uh, And she makes him a little sun tent. Well, that's in a minute. Yeah, she makes, a, she makes him a sort of field tent and she continues to be very angry with Abraham. Yes. Which, you know, I give her two thumbs up for that. The trio who are off to get the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tara is sort of making jokes about getting to Washington and um, she says as you mentioned before she's kind of over Eugene's bombshell Mm. it's a shame but I mean yeah her her position that Eugene used his one skill Mm. is fine on the face of it but what it ignores is is that list of people who died because of it yeah you know the rest of them have used their skills to survive, he's used his skills to throw other people under the bus instead of him. Yes. It's very different. Yeah. Rosita's obviously very angry and Glenn is fuming. Mm. Haven't seen that angry Glenn for quite a while. I like angry Glenn. I like angry Glenn. And I feel <laughs> he was justified. I like angry Maggie as well. Yeah. They seem to be very attuned. Well, maybe that's why they're together. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just angry because of the blue ball and he's getting. Um, How do you know he's getting blue ball? Oh no, it's it's a for a couple who was having sex in any given corner <laughs> two months ago. <laughs> they're doing an awful lot of snuggling and 
you know. Well, that's what happens. Kissing only on the lips. Well, that's what happens in some relationships. That's you know, true. It's... This is a pretty quick, <laughs> pretty quick fall off. It's true, actually. It's yeah. I had thought in the past when seeing other other whether it was Maggie and Glenn or whether it was Abraham and Rosita getting down the dirty. I had thought that in circumstances like this you take every opportunity to have sex that you could because, you know, it's not a lot of fun going around. <laughs> so, yes, it's a little bit, it is a little bit unbelievable that Glenn and Maggie are... Doing a lot of cuddling. Doing a lot of cuddling. But on the other hand, maybe the writers just figure we've seen enough of it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair which, enough. you know, it's possibly true. It's can, I can imagine us sitting here going... God, you know, I really wish the writers who did Glenn and Maggie a rest, okay? We get it. They're together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, back in the hospital, Beth and the doctor are having a chat. She's very, <laughs> with very little guile, asking him which drugs she needs to give Beth. Yeah. No, sorry, she needs to give to Carol. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. This is kind of no bullshit. Just tell me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's, she's just... Beth's clearly... <laughs> Clearly. I mean, we saw it in her episode, but it is continuing her theme of, I just don't have time for you pricks. <laughs> I just I just need to get things done. Well, the one misstep I thought there was here was, he's, he when he says, did she give you the key, mm. she obviously won't mean well by that. Yes. Why wouldn't you ask him what he meant by that? I would ask him to elaborate. Because if what he says is, oh, well, she's just always duplicitous, I'm sure she's got something up her sleeve, yeah. fine, then that's what you could have guessed on your own. But if he says, she pulls that shit every six months and the person either gets away with it or gets killed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought that at the time as well. Yeah. Take I, 30 I, seconds to ask him what he means by that. Yeah. I'm not blaming Beth for that, though. I'm blaming the writers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the water that the trio have found in a creek is dirty. Yes. But Rosita, using a trick that Eugene taught her... Yes. Um, ...builds a really quick water filter. Yep. Was it just, like, from a piece of cloth that I she tore I think there was soil it? involved as well. Oh, okay. Soil? Yeah, you've seen those ones where you put water through, you know, soil and stone and a bit of cloth and it, it clears out most of the gunk from the water and then you just need to boil it. No, I've oh. never seen those before. Someone didn't get the CSIRO magazine when they were a kid. <laughs> I should have really. My dad worked for CSIRO. It's <laughs> ah, a good magazine. Mm. I never had need of a water filter, but about once every two years there'd be a recipe for one. In the <laughs> awesome. <laughs> While they're waiting for the water to drain through the filter, uh, we get a little bit of Rosita's backstory and her origin, and we find out that she joined this group in Dallas, mm. and... The, the reason she joined was that Abraham... Asked her. Asked her. And it was the first time that anyone had asked her for help since the world went to shit. Yep. Hmm. I mean, there's the whole saving the world thing, but, I've, yeah, I really feel like yeah. the asking her part was more important. And then, of course... And then, of course, Glenn, being the smart cookie that he is, <laughs> does the same thing. Yep, yep. They see some bubbles and Glenn surmises that it's fish... I surprised so there was an underwater walker. So That's really, exactly what I thought. I'm really glad Glenn was right and not me. <laughs> I suppose that he could have actually seen the fish as well as the ripples. Yeah, I hope so. Mm. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, they, they did catch one, so... Oh, and they clearly were fish. That's, yes. I don't think they're mistaking a fish for a very <laughs> small walker. Yes. <laughs> it's fine, but... <laughs> fish for a very small walker. I was just thinking, I think, wow, wow, Tara's optimism is catching, because... <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh, it's definitely fish. Those are fish bubbles, I can tell. <laughs> That's a fish bubbles. They're definitely not, not half-rotten human... Animated remains crawling through the water towards us. Do you think walkers walk? uh, Sorry, walkers walk. Goodness me. Do you think walkers breathe? They certainly groan. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I suppose they would. I think I think they would have to because the muscles just wouldn't work without oxygen. Oh, if we're going to get in, I I think it's dangerous to apply too much biological (laughs) logic to. Well, I know. I mean. Do you know what else bodies need? To be alive. <laughs> I thought the whole point of the infection was that it, it, kept, it kept you in, in a kind of very basic state of being alive. It's kill- Jenna says that it kills you. It's after you die that it takes over your brain. Yes, I know, but it must... I mean, it kills you. But even when you die... It sort of reanimates your brainstem or something. Well, no, no, no. You don't actually die all at once. Like, mm. when you die, your body dies a bit at a time. That's the thing. Yeah, but we've like, people who once... die and then six hours later come back as a walker. Yeah, but some people come back as a walker immediately. Yes, but that first group... The thing is that... The, the body's thing, all The thing is that... that look, okay. <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's possible for the body to completely, totally die... And then come back without there being a supernatural explanation. Of course. If they're relying on a scientific explanation, then 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 by the very definition of the fact that they're walking around, part of them is not really dead. You know, there's there's a very basic level of cell function going on. Mm. If the brain stem is still giving signals to the muscles, then the muscles must partially be alive and the brain stem must be partially alive. I understand all of this. I just think that if we're talking about whether or not this is explained by some sort of pseudoscience or (laughs) a total hand-waving, it's just supernatural answer, Mm. I think it's the supernatural one, which means that the question, (laughs) do they breathe, is on the table. I think think if, if it's the supernatural answer, the question, do they breathe, is completely off the table. I don't think it matters. Well, it matters in terms of would they give off bubbles underwater. Which is where I was it could be. Oh, look, it doesn't have to doesn't have to be because they breathe. They could have trapped, trapped air pockets somewhere within their flappy flesh. Maybe. Anyway, it's a fish, so it's all fine. There's probably pockets of air all throughout the body. Was it air between his shoulder blades? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you know, there's probably still air in the bowels. Here's a question: Do zombies shit? Maybe if they eat. There was a zombie earlier this season. You know, when the bus tipped over. Team yeah. Washington's bus. Yeah. In that shot of the of the mini horde mm. heading towards them, mm. uh, one of the zombies really prominently had um, had an accident at some point. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and watch. It was centre screen for about ten seconds. Was was the accident happening, or was the evidence that an accident had happened just there? It, it had happened, and. It had been a doozy. Because <laughs> I wondered that. Like, if the zombies eat... Then what happens at the other end? Well, yeah. Does, does it? Do they digest? Is there some basic digestion going on? Maybe... I mean, it's possible the, the, the rotting flesh just passes through them 
completely untouched, but yeah. passes through the means it would have to come out the other end. Yeah. I feel like at this stage, that would have come up as a regular plot point. Yeah. The other thing, of course, is that, you know, the zombies, when they eat, I expect the ones that don't have stomachs anymore still eat. And it probably... Just... I think they still have the urge to eat. I think it just falls through them. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, they probably still swallow the flesh and it'll just sort of plop out onto yeah. the ground yep. afterwards. Hey, just think, you know what you could do? Just continue keep eating it? Well, no, I was going to say, if you made a really, like, long, like, sausage thing made of human, you could just have this ring going around... <laughs> like into its mouth. Infinite cycle. An infinite cycle, you know, this kind of infinite ring of flesh. Yeah. That would... That's how we reach endless energy. <laughs> the perpetual walker machine. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, back in Atlanta, Rick's group have gone with Tyrese's plan. Well, it was part of both their plans, but they've lured some officers yep. with gunfire. Nowhere. Noah, the least mobile of the group, <laughs> is given the lead them in for a chase option. Well, see, I thought that was that was probably the smart choice. Mm-hmm. Because if it had been someone they didn't know, I think instantly they would have thought, are there other people we don't know around? Is this person with a group? Blah, I suppose blah. so. If they're, Whereas... looking, if they're looking for Noah, then, then fine. I guess that's true, but they, they've shown a sort of willingness to take anyone. Who they see. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, I thought Noah was... The, the other reason I wondered about picking Noah... I mean, I think I can see the logic in that, but I... Noah... <sighs> I get that we know Noah a bit, but their entire knowledge of Noah mm. is him mugging Carol and Daryl. Daryl mm. almost killing, letting him be killed. Mm. And then the fact that he had met Beth. Yeah. So probably what they were thinking at the same time... <laughs> Is if they do catch Noah, we don't really care. Yeah, I guess. Except, <laughs> wouldn't you also think, what if he's going to signal to them in some way? What if we can't trust this guy? What if he's actually... Well, you know, I mean, they had limited options, didn't they? Well, Sasha could have been the one to lead the cops in. I mean, the yeah, options I, I, aren't that limited. No, I know, but I still think that it was logical to, to pick Noah, just because I think they would have been more cautious if, if they had seen someone they didn't know. I suppose, maybe. Anyway, the officers have backups, so halfway through them getting cuffed, another officer turns up in a different car mm. and, um, and uh, breaks up the scene and they all go running away. And there's a chase. There is the fight of the episode <laughs> between uh, between Daryl and... Well, we, I'm not sure who heard his name, but I'm going to call him the, the poor man's Jason Stratham. The what? Poor man's Jason Stratham. Okay. From the transporter. Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> the bald cop. Well, they're all bald. <laughs> Shit. He was also quite buff and big. Okay, thuggy cop. Thug cop. Thug cop. Yeah, thug cop and Daryl have a face off and... and... <laughs> yes. There's a chase and the fight between Daryl and the thug cop. Yes. Great fight. It's a great fight. I love that they had it outside a sort of white trash mobile. That was nice. <laughs> Daryl was in his natural redneck environment. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I he just uses, seriously... uses a zombie as a weapon. <laughs> he uses the his head. The classic manoeuvre. He uses his head. Uses his head. 
by using someone else's head. <laughs> it was there were some really um, really tense moments because he was scrabbling around trying to feel for something and he only just missed being bitten. Yeah. Only just, you know, he had his he had his hand on the thing's face, like practically on its mouth. Well he put his fingers into its mouth. It's yeah. good thing it's just not the world's quickest zombie. Yeah, yeah. And then he he picks it up a la bowling ball oh. with the eye sockets. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then just and then just smacks it against this uh thug cop's head yeah. repeatedly. Uh, that's enough to basically win him the fight with a few more blows after that. <laughs> yes, well, and if Rick hadn't appeared with the uh, with a gun, then I think Daryl probably would have used one head to crack open another one. Yep, pretty much. Although, Rick's the one who looks like he might just off this guy. Yes. And Daryl again says, no, no, we don't need to kill anyone from this other group. Three's yes. better than two. Yes. Which I suppose if you're going for the hostage exchange plan is fine, the numbers mm. game. But it's just another head they've got to watch. Mm. The captured officers make a counter-offer, mm. basically. They uh, talk their way into a new situation. They say, oh, we can be helpful in this exchange, and you really need to listen to us. And these people need to stop talking to their captives. I, I, I know. I know. Don't talk to the captives. Now, a couple of things. These people really are introducing the idea that some of the cops aren't psychos. Mm. I was very surprised that there was another lady officer. Yeah, so was I. I thought it was Dawn at first. Like when All right. we very, at the very first time we saw her for a second, I thought it must have been Dawn. Oh. Only for a second, because it doesn't look anything like her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, wow, that would have been a totally different scenario. It would have been very interesting. But I'm glad it's not Dawn, because... Mm. Anyway. Uh... The leader of this tree, there's, there's thug cop, there's the lady cop, there's and then... the other bald one. There's the other bald one, who's more or less the leader of this trio. Yes, the one and who makes eyes at Sasha. Who seems to be called Lampson, or something like that. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll call him smarter than Sasha, till we learn his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, back at the creek, Tara, Rosita, and Glenn... I've caught a fish. Well, no, they're off to loot the zombies for fish netting. Oh, that's right, yeah. And they they strip the insides of some windbreakers and things like that, and they've got some nets, and Tara's got a backpack. Glenn, back at the creek, they're using the nets to, to catch the fish. I'm really glad to see, I know this is a minor thing, but I'm glad to see that Rosita's started wearing long pants. Why? Well, it just it makes so much more sense in a world where any scratch or bite might kill you. Yes. To have one layer of clothing between you and the outside world. It's true. Um, I get that they were trying to imitate her look from the comic books. Okay. Which is very distinctive. Oh, okay. But not that practical. <laughs> right. So, anyway. Uh, Glenn is bonding with Rosita mm-hmm. when they're catching the fish. And he's, as you say, he's smart enough to think, well, if asking her to help once worked, maybe it will a second time. And yep. she's in. And they're, you know, they're all sort of grinning and... Yes, Making jolly, friends. Having a jolly good time. Uh, and Tara has made a discovery in the backpack. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Michonne checks in on Gabriel back at the church. Checks in is a uh, generous... Oh, she's, you know, wanted to check how you were going. Are you doing yeah. okay? You were clearly unwell before when you had your panic attack. <laughs> when you had your panic attack from just touching the machete. Mm. Now, she said... Um, 
she puts forward to him the idea that the things, what the phrase she says is, the things we do, they're worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I suppose she was trying to have, have her sort of, she was trying to reach out to him to some extent, but it was a very half-hearted effort. Yeah, well, you know, what do you say to someone like that? I'm sorry you're so shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sorry I can't help you be less shit. She could help him be less shit. Well, someone did try and help him and he went all to pieces. Ah, well, then let's just kill him and be done with it. No, no, we don't have to kill him, we can just leave him behind. (laughs) Well, speaking of leaving behind, he's decided to do that to them because he is busting up the floor of the room he's in. Why? Why is he doing I mean, I know that we're going to find this out in the next episode, but... I mean, he didn't even take the machete with him. What I find odd is this. I don't think for one second... And I don't think they've ever given the impression for one second that if he just walked out there and said to Michonne, I want to leave, open they, they the door. They wouldn't just let him go. Yeah. Open the door. I'm out. I want to leave. Leave me to my own devices. If mm. I die, I die. That's really sad. But let me out. Yeah. They'd let him out. I know. So why bust up the floor and leave an unattended back entrance to this place. Because he's shit. He's really terrible. Unnecessarily terrible. Yes. That's well, my issue. Yes. I mean, yeah, but we're getting, getting round back to the... It's not even entertaining watching Gabriel. Yes. He's, he's just really fucking irritating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Beth makes a strawberry bribe. <laughs> yes. Well... To a very convincing hacker. (laughs) Uh, She robs the drug cabinet, and she seems to get away with it. Yes. You know what I thought was particularly convincing? How the hacker stopped hacking immediately. Immediately after she was like, (laughs) oh, I'm fine now. I'm fine now. (laughs) What I found a little odd was he pulled the whole thing while still holding up a bunch of strawberries in his hand. Like, isn't someone going to notice that? (laughs) Yeah. You've got your contraband strawberries on you while you're pulling the crime. Don't be an idiot. Mm. I think she needs to choose her stooges more wisely. Mm. Anyway, uh, she takes the drugs, gives them to Carol, and uh, talks a little bit to Carol. Mm. I wondered whether we were going to be showing that she was overheard, because that's the first time she reveals that she knows who this person is. Yes. Yes, well... No, we haven't been shown that. No, we weren't. We might be shown next episode that she was overheard. I must admit, through that whole scene, I was just sitting there thinking, is she going to get caught? Is she going to get overheard? It was quite mm. tense, really. Yes. Which I think maybe... I think maybe the episode was... It was meant to be a little tender. And unfortunately, the the weariness that I felt, and that you apparently felt, are possibly distracted from that somewhat. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's hard, to, it's hard to feel tender when you're also feeling like someone might be about to leap out at you at any second. Mm. Mm. Tyrese and Sasha are unloading one of the cars, I think taking most of the weapons from it, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Sasha tears Bob's jacket on a scrap at the edge of the car. Yes, and she's not happy about that. Very upset. And yeah. Tyrese uh, basically tells her, that's it, had enough. Enough of your bullshit, angry girl. Mm. You're going to listen to me. And he talks about her that she needs to find something good to hold on to about yes. her, her memories of Bob. Yes. And it seems to get through this time and they hug it out. Yep. And I, 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 really, I, mean, I know it's a bit of a, 
a tired old trope, but I quite enjoyed them having their really tender moment amidst the field of napalmed walkers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gabriel, back at the church, finally actually breaks out. Mm-hmm. Crawls out onto the church, and he stands on a stands nail. Stands on a nail. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess is there from when they were barricading. Yes. But I still thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Is is that meant to be a stigmata reference? Because if it is, I've got no time for it. I thought it might might just be a convenient way of making him leave a trail. Maybe. Oh, I hadn't even, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I hope it's that one. Or, do you know what else it is? Leaves a trail of blood from where he's going. To the church. To the church. I hadn't even thought about that either. <sighs> Gabriel's shit. He's really bad. The cop, the lead cop amongst the captives. The smarter than Sasha cop. Smarter than Sasha cop. Mm. Uh, he is, we see the end of him talking to Rick. Yeah. And I've got to say, given that what they tr- what they managed to convince their captors of was that they had vital information that would help with this exchange, he was giving Rick some generic bullshit. Mm-hmm. Dawn's a bit of a control freak. Dawn's a bit, you know... Stressed out. What exactly was he telling Rick that, that Noah didn't tell Rick? Mm. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I That's the moment I would have gagged him. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't know what it is about these people. I thought it was bloody 101. Don't get to know your captives. Don't, don't let, let them talk. Don't let them talk. Don't let them move. No. If you need information from them, <laughs> you ungag one of them. You hold something very sharp to them and say, I've got a question. You're only going to answer the question. And if I don't believe you, it's going to be very painful. In fact, what you do is what the Terminus people did. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have any interest in talking to you unless I want to threaten some information out of you. Yeah. End of conversation. Yep. Yeah. So they haven't learnt their lesson yet and we'll get to that in a minute. In the meantime, Gabriel's off in the woods, limping away, leaving a trail of blood, and uh, totally unsurprisingly, a zombie jumps out at him. (laughs) Yep. And he does manage to sort of overpower it and throw it on a a very convenient spike of wood. Yes. You know. And then then he seems to kind of lose it for a second and picks up a rock and then... Sees the crucifix. Sees the crucifix around its neck. <laughs> and goes, oh no, I can't. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It was comically shit. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut away from him, back to the captives and the people in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And we get to the point where Smarter Than Sasha Cop earns his name. <sighs> Yes. He oh, tells please, some sob story. Please t- shoot my friend. He's been on the road for oh, ages. Yeah. I just feel so bad. Oh, God. I wonder if Tyrese and Sasha, I mean, they're related. Mm. Maybe they have a genetic propensity <laughs> to be shit at captives. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, obviously what, what Smarter Than Sasha Cop was doing was, even if he didn't know it, he was invoking... You know, how she would have felt if Bob had turned and just been left like that. And, you know, how awful that would have been. Blah, blah, blah. But seriously. But it was 
desperately obvious that that's what he was doing. I know, I know. Who and chats to their captives about deep, heartfelt stuff? Yeah. No one. No one. And then who... <laughs> who takes their captive over to a window, oh, stands geez. in front of them, stands in front of them so you can't see them anymore, so they can fucking push your head through the glass. I mean, not oh. through it, but you know. Yeah. Oh, it was just... It, this is the kind... It's the kind of stupidity that made us very angry at the show. Yeah. You know. For so many seasons. For so many seasons. Okay, so just to wind up what happens in every every storyline, Maggie finally gets through to Abraham. Yep. Gets him to talk a bit. Talk about how he... When Abraham really... says that he doesn't want to die after all. Yep. Yep. Nice little realisation, Abraham. Fine. And then we hear the wheezing... The wheezing of Eugene. And Maggie thinks that he's alright. And you and I thought immediately, that is the wheezing of a walker. Yeah, it sounded an awful sounds lot like a it. a lot like the wheezing of a walker to me. I did, I mean, on the one hand I sort of thought, oh Maggie, don't rush off assuming he's fine. Mm. And she'd put the tent over him, so I thought maybe he was going to, you know, maybe they were going to set up a situation where she couldn't see he was actually a walker. And he, but on the other hand, she could totally take him. Yes, I don't. I don't think that Maggie's going to be taken out by ex Eugene. And I must say, that's kind of what I thought when Daryl was fighting that thug cop. Mm. I just thought, there's no way they're wasting Daryl's death on this scene. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if it was the end of the episode and the rest of them were going to get, you know, killed unless he beat this guy or something. Mm. Mm. But to capture one guy whose name we don't even know. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And it is... That that element of being pretty sure they're not going to waste some people's deaths mm. in pointless ways mm. is kind of... It's cutting in on the suspense a little bit. A little bit. These episodes. A little bit. On the other hand, I don't want them to off Daryl, so... No, you know. that's right. Uh, so... Eugene's alive, apparently, although he's <laughs> not exactly yelling out equations. He sounds like he's still in a very bad way. Glenn and Rosita and Tara are on their way back, uh, and the discovery that Tara made in the backpack was a yo-yo, which is, you know, hey, fine. Look, that's, 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 that's a luxury in today's... That's true. ...today's world. That could be the last yo-yo on Earth. I mean, something specifically... <laughs> something that is that that, by design, has no practical application and is only for entertainment. How often do you see that now? All the fucking time. Everything that existed the day the zombie apocalypse hit yeah, yeah, exists. But... There is now, if anything, a glut of yo-yos on Earth. There are probably more yo-yos than humans at this stage. <laughs> yeah, but not... Yeah, okay, yeah, you make a good point. Anyway, she's got a yo-yo. It's kind of cool. I would rather she walked around yo-yoing than fist bumping, so that's a step up. <laughs> what if this becomes her thing? I'm okay with it. Okay. I'm <laughs> looking out for the day she thwacks a walker in the head with the yo-yo. Well, you know, if you if you attached enough sharp things to it. Or just enough force on a soft enough brain. Yeah. But I don't think it's really going to happen. No, neither do I. No. It's not actually a bat yo-yo. <laughs> bat yo-yo. <laughs> okay, so that trio seems to have reached a kind of equilibrium. Yes. They've, you know, they've all dealt with their anger at Eugene a little bit. Yeah. And at least they know that that there is a team that's going to stick together. Yes. 
whatever's coming out of this, there's enough of a group yes. that, that they're not all on their own again. Yes. And I think particularly for... I think one of the reasons Tara is kind of okay with what's happened with Eugene is that, a bit like Bob, she was just happy to be in a group. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, she Against was... all odds, in her case. Well, that's, that's what I mean. That's yeah. what I was going to say. She picked the wrong group not that long ago. <laughs> mm. um, and was very grateful to be forgiven for that. Yeah, when you think about that moment when Glenn finds her in the prison... Mm. hiding in a cage of, you know, basically just freaking out. Mm. Weeping uncontrollably. Mm. Compared to that, the failed Washington mission must look pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, just to finish up, back in the warehouse in Atlanta, Lamson totally outwits Sasha. It doesn't seem to be that hard in this particular... Apparently, Sasha's an idiot this episode. I suppose Sasha's stupidity is supposed to be caused by her grief. You know, that's, yeah. I think, is, is implied. I that, think you're right. It's, that, you, you know, know she's oh, out of her head. Yeah, but I just feel like it's a really clumsy way mm. of showing it. Yeah, and it's, it's, effectively her and Tyrese have made the same mistake in yeah. not much time. Yeah. And it's, again, it's one of those situations where you and I are just going, <sighs> Yeah. I should have had the shit figured out seasons ago. And that's the end of the episode. What did you think overall? I think I found the change of format to this episode from, you know, focusing on one person or one particular group and mm-hmm. what they were doing. I found the return to the, um, to the sort of segmented format. I found that a little bit jarring. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I got used to it. I, I got used to it. It wasn't, like, dreadful. But, yeah. Um, I actually I actually kind of missed the depth that you were able to go into with one group or one person. Mm. On the other hand, I guess that they have to tie it all together. So, yeah. you know, I'm not sort of lamenting it or anything. Um, uh, I felt like... For me... For me, Gabriel and the stupidity of Sasha and the talking to the hostages. I felt like all of that really dragged the episode down for me. I found it's so tiresome to watch them be that stupid. Really tiresome to watch them be that stupid. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I found myself being annoyed through a lot of the episode, um, which is not how I want to be <laughs> when watching The Walking Dead, unfortunately. Um, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think it was... I didn't mind the shift back to covering all the different groups. That was sort of okay. And um, obviously it wouldn't have been possible without the last few episodes having shown us all the the new information that we now have. Um, but I think one of, the, one of the problems they face, having done those three focused episodes, the, the Beth episode... The Team Washington episode, or I mean the Abraham episode, it could almost be called, and the episode about Carol and Daryl last week. Mm. That gave us um, lots of character development. It gave us uh, information about these new situations that some of these groups are in. Mm. Um, but it didn't actually progress things very far. I mean, we, we're at the same point at the end of episode six as we were at the end of episode three in terms of the the chronology of the show, 
Yeah, I just I feel like they used they've used half of the season to this point mm. to give give us a lot of in depth stuff that was sort of vaguely interesting, but mm. to not actually progress things very far. And what that left them with was a situation this episode where they need to move a lot of pieces really quickly. I'm not sure if I necessarily agree about. Um, I mean, they didn't. They they haven't sort of moved time very far, but heaps has happened. Lots and lots has happened in well, a short period. No, of time. actually, how much how much happened in the entire of Beth's episode? Mm. The happening is nowhere escaping. That's the entirety of what's happened. Well, if you're talking and about Carol getting brought in, but that's that's and not then what the happened. entire the entirety of Abraham's episode. What happened was the big reveal that Eugene's a liar. Yeah, but that's not what those episodes are about. No, but my point is that while they were focusing on being about something else, yeah. not much happened. Well, in well, Carol and Daryl's episode, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating here, literally nothing had happened at the end of Carol and Daryl's episode that hadn't already happened by the end of episode four. We already knew Carol was in the hospital, and we already knew that Daryl was turning back up at the church. Oh, I don't have a problem with that, because they did spades and spades of character development. But what we're... What, I agree, they did heaps of character development, but what we're paying for that with now is that this episode had to move a whole lot of stuff around really quickly and set us up for a big finale next week, we hope. Mm. But they weren't ready to go into the finale, because they did all this other bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really mind the stuff that they had to do. The stuff that I minded was people being shit. Yeah, that was unnecessary. No, no, I, I heard, I heard that. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have a problem with the fact that they had to move a whole lot of people really quickly. Yeah, in this I'm... episode, I think that, like you said, because they spent the other episodes doing other stuff, which you and I both really appreciated. You know, well, those I other episodes. I mean, I did say last week, if it hadn't actually been Carol and Daryl, mm. I would have thought last week was a much shakier episode. No, well, I, I enjoyed last last week's episode, and I enjoyed the episodes before as well. Yeah, I, thought I, that, I, I enjoyed thought that the, the character best... development, it's just that it wasn't without a downside. I suppose because I think that if that's, if that's the price of having those episodes, getting an insight into those characters, I'm very happy to pay it. I don't think it needs to be the price. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm more upset about the <laughs> Gabriel being shit and um, Sasha being an idiot. <laughs> because I think I that's just, so totally I feel like unnecessary. All, all of the advertising we got about the show this week, all the, the trailers and the preview ads and stuff, mm. were, they, they implied action and excitement and that we were heading into a big finale double double header and this was actually... Like at best, it could be described as a setup episode. Mm. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What they were really advertising was next episode. Yeah. So I don't know. I just was not. I was a little underwhelmed by this one. Yeah, so was I. Yes, but anyway. So I think I'm going to give this episode about six out of ten. Mm. I'm really annoyed because I don't like. I don't like how they've written Gabriel's character, he's not entertaining, he's annoying. And, and backpedalled on Sasha And the backpedalling about shit these people should know by now is really fucking irritating me. So I reckon if that stuff hadn't been enough, I would have happily given this episode a seven. But no. 
that stuff drops it down to a mediocre six. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, well, I thought I was thinking of six and a half, and I thought you were, that was going to be way under what you were going to give. So, <laughs> yeah, I've actually turned out to be the more optimistic of the two of us. I was going to give it six point five, um, but it was not. It was not great. I have this sort of weird divide in my head. It's not a. It's not a logical divide. But there's some stuff where I just go, well, that's just the writers being fucking idiots. Mm. So I'll pretend that Sasha didn't do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which yes. is not, it's not good, but I feel it's, it's part of the sanity mechanism for watching enough. this show. Fair enough. But by contrast, <laughs> the other shit that the writers do really pisses me off. Like, you know, why didn't they structure this season better? Mm. I just, yeah, it's... Next week better be really good. It better be. I mean, I say that like I'd ever stop watching the show. Of course, it, it can be <laughs> totally shit, and I'll just talk about how shit it was. But That's right. You know. That's right. But, but I feel like we deserve a payoff. I also feel like they were starting to get good. Yeah. You know? And they, they've done some good stuff this season, and stuff they couldn't have done before. Yeah. But they just, they backslid this episode. Yeah. Mm. You know, we still haven't seen One Day, which One Day I'd like, I'd really like to see it. Someone having a really good swear. Be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Alright, so you're not going to enjoy this next question because it involves speculation. Oh, dear. Yes. Who do you think dies next episode? Oh, I really want it to be Gabriel. <laughs> but I don't think it can be, partly because I don't, yeah, I don't think he can be involved in the big finale in the way that, you know, the others are. He's not in the city. No, you know? that's true. Um... Who do I think dies? Well, <laughs> I don't know. If the writers are backsliding, it's probably going to be Sasha or Tyrese. Mm. <laughs> if they're backsliding hard enough, <laughs> AMC, the racist network, could be back. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, I yeah, mean, if Sasha's they're pulling, gotten... If they're pulling some season two bullshit, then they might as well <laughs> go right. all the way. That's right. I mean, Sasha's had some pretty hardcore character development, losing That's the love true. of her life. You know? They might be thinking, oh, yes. <laughs> right for the picking, this one. That's <laughs> true, yeah, that's true. But um, I, I don't actually think it's going to be Tari's or Sasha. I've, I've got a horrible feeling that it might be Carol. Mm, I've got that feeling too. Mm. They, a lot of last episode was about how her, her need for the group to be safe. Mm-hmm was stronger even than her own sense of preservation. And I can totally see her going down in a blaze of glory. Mm. You know, making sure the others get away. Yeah. You know, even... Like, I can see in particular, I can see her maybe overhearing the Doctor talking about her internal injuries. Right? Knowing she's in for it anyway. Knowing she's in for it anyway. You know? And then maybe saying to Daryl... You've got to get Beth out of here. I'm not going to survive. I'll buy you as much time as I can. And yeah, then, Jesus. What well, would that do to Daryl and <sighs> Beth? Might drive them together, John. <laughs> um, I'm less, less upset about that now that Beth is... Beth is... Uh, awesome. Awesome again. Yeah. Well, not, not again, just awesome now. Yeah. Um, so, that's okay. I'm not so anti that anymore. I wonder if someone's going to have to put Eugene down next episode. Why? Because, I mean, for all he was groaning, I don't see him springing up on his feet 
next episode. They don't have any transport. If it becomes clear that he's really very, very injured mm. and not going to get any better, mm. someone's going to have to put him down. It's very sad. Yeah. It could be the final piece in in the arc that's trying to get Tara to be more of a substantial character. Yep. You mean she might be the one who says, I'll do it? Yeah. Mm. She's shown that she's very optimistic and she's quite forgiving and mm. very um, caring and supportive. But she's also quite matter-of-fact as well. Yeah. When she was when she was like, well, fine, Washington's not a thing. Yeah. You know, deal with it, move on. And I, I do think... I feel like... I mean, I feel like it's, it's in the character for her to mm. say it's actually the kindest thing at this stage. Yeah. To put a knife in this guy. Yeah, I think that's plausible. Okay, I'll take us out of speculation zone now. <laughs> that's alright, I think I did okay. Did you have a favourite moment from the episode? Um, well, of course. Of course, it had to be the uh, grabbing the skull like a bowling ball and <laughs> ripping it off its body and then beating someone over the head with it. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get more Walking Dead than that. <laughs> that was pretty good. And uh, do you think that counts as zombie kill of the week? I was going to suggest that maybe that was your nomination. You've you've come back to that moment several times. Yes. And maybe well, it was your nomination. Well, I suppose the thing is, is I'm not entirely sure the zombie was dead. I mean, you could push you could push through the eye eye sockets and get to the brain, but only the frontal lobe. I don't know if that's enough to actually kill the zombie. But I'm willing to just go. Let's call it a kill, and in which case, it's absolutely my zombie kill of the week. If he smashed it hard enough against anything as well, yeah, it would have been the kill. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I'm trying, struggling to think of any other kills at all that were anything more than... Yeah, well, I mean, even Gabriel's thing didn't count because he didn't smash its head. No, it definitely didn't kill it. No. It was still reaching for him as he walked away. Well, its head was fine. The brain was fine. It was just impaled on the stick. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's just going to lie. It's not dead. It's just going to... Lie there on the ground forever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, actually, it's the way that its innards are pulling apart, I think it's going to be up and about again in... <laughs> Maybe. You know, in 20 Maybe. minutes. Yeah. My favourite moment of the episode mm-hmm. is the moment where Rick is laying out his plan. Because that plan sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> yes. That's the plan I wanted to see. That's the plan I hoped we were going to watch this episode. Yeah. And... That little moment of him describing it to us is going to have to sustain me (laughs) through the rest of the bullshit that this episode provided. (laughs) Yes. So that's my favourite moment. Cool. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, please send it to tppfeedback at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as at tppfeedback, and you can find us on Facebook just by searching for The People's Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Unless it's cruel. Then you can fuck right off. Bye. Bye. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised. Will not be televised. Will not be televised. Will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Damn spot. Yeah. <laughs> I need to lie down. <laughs> oh.
fucking walker. Yeah. 